got our class of 2022. Roberto Luongo, Henrik Sedin, Daniel Sedin, Daniel Alfredson, Rika Salonen, and Herb Carnegie. There you have it. And we're going to get into that uh, a little later on the show. Mikhail Samuelson, former NHLer, a guy that uh, spent some quality time with the Sedins on a line. Just seemed like whoever that third wheel was on with the Sedins just automatically jumped to a 30-goal score. Hey, guys, let's <laughs> welcome in Sam McKee, Josh Santos on tech, and, of course, uh, my sidekick, Justin Bourne. Boys, um, we got uh, we got a, a good hour here to fill a, a few things. We're going to wrap up, uh, of course, the Stanley Cup final in a few minutes. We'll welcome in uh, Jason York, Sportsnet analyst, Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, we'll put a bow on uh, on what we saw uh, in the last few days and uh, talk about Colorado a little bit. And uh, we'll get into some news and notes, including Luke Richardson in Chicago. So plenty to get into our condensed morning edition of real kipper and born boys uh also in the news hey once upon a time we were a, a toronto maple leaf podcast were we not right? we've got we, we, we've got <laughs> some leaf news okay we've got some leaf news and that is of course timothy lilligrand the lily pad a two-year contract worth 2.8 million dollars sammy you want to kick this one off pal <laughs> no I just, I just, there couldn't be a softer nickname than Lilypad. Like Lilypad's <laughs> got to be the softest. Nickname. No, uh, it's just it's, so tough. It's just it's such a, like, it's a little push. It's a little thing that? that floats. It just floats on water. It's just a little, little thing that floats on water. It just floats around. It's soft just, little Lilypad. It's just a play off his name. I'm not insinuating. I know, I know, a, I know. A, a Lilypad uh, type of player because he has come a long way, guys. We were, think about where we were this time last year on the thought that Timothy Lilligren was going to come in and and develop into an everyday player. Uh, I, I didn't see it coming. It was a long time in the making. And, JB, you can talk about a little bit about uh, uh, the development uh, through the Marlies. A lot of people said this guy would never play. I, I, I've heard it For from sure a, number, uh, a number of people saying that this – this first round pick uh, won't play, and and he's made believers out of everybody. And and to what degree, and where is the growth moving forward, is still undetermined. But he did turn into an NHL uh, defenseman, did he not? Yeah, th- this past season for Timothy Lilligren was the best case scenario. It could not have gone better for Lilligren compared to where things had sort of fallen, just in terms of. You know, they gave him time to develop. They slow played the hand a little bit. And a lot of people, and you're right, a lot of the whispers behind closed doors were like, he's never going to play. You know, he's too soft. He's too small, whatever. You know, there. I think one of the, the reasons for that, remember in the the trade that Dursey went to L.A., Lilligren was offered in his place, and L.A. was like, no, 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 we want Dursey. And everyone was like, see, Lilligren, no one wants Lilligren. But this guy had an awesome year. Um, you know, f- worked his way into the, the top six of the Toronto Maple Leafs and, well, close to anyway, I'd say the seventh guy for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, yeah, they got a, they got a guy here, 1.4 for two years. Cheap. 
right? I mean, the little bridge deal, maybe you'd wanted to, to wrap him up longer for, for some people. But for me, I love this deal. See what he's got, pay him cheap, I like it. Uh, yeah, I I think it's a, a contract where, you know, you the value of it could even be really high here if he takes if he takes a similar step next year as the one that he took this year this contract could look really good and if you're envisioning him playing with Mark Giordano where I guess last year he probably played his best hockey we can say when Mark Giordano arrived and they kind of played as the bottom pair you're looking at 2.2 million dollars for a really serviceable NHL pair like they're not going to get top line minutes they're not going to be big in the playoffs I don't think but I really do think that there's some really good value for those two guys paired up at 2.2 million okay I didn't hear a word you said because I'm just focusing on the way you started your L- Timothy Lilligren conversation <clears throat> with uh, yeah like you are a super uh, fan if you start uh, out talking about Timothy Lilligren with uh, yeah uh, it's Listen, not exciting. You're not excited not, about this. This is not doing anything for you. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. I he has his moments. And listen, we're we're on the uh, like. There's a lot of people that love Timothy Lilligren, and I wouldn't say that this show is the biggest Timothy Lilligren fan club. I I think that we all have our moments with him where you're like, what the hell is he doing out there? But he also has his moments of somewhat brilliance. Like, I do think that this contract has a chance to be really good if he takes another step. But I also think, like, this contract, I don't want to say is too much, but there is a world in which it's a little bit too much, okay? Like, he needs to take another step for it to be worth it. You're muted, Borny. You're muted. I didn't see the number, Sammy, and go, oh, that's cheap. You know, like, I, yes. I, it's fine, but, like, I don't feel like they saved a ton of money. It's about what he's worth. I don't know. You can't, you can't, like, when a guy plays uh, the way he's played every day and and some nights gotten some key minutes, you cannot keep a guy at 750 or no, 850. No, of course you've not. Got, you got to bump him up. And this was probably the most that you can do without uh, looking silly. Yeah. It, it reminds me of the Dermot deal the year before, right? Or two years before, whatever Dermot's deal was. $1.5 million which, for two years. Eh. Which didn't didn't end up as a good story. No. And this is the, no. You, you bring up an excellent point, JB. Is, is he, is he going to be another Dermot? Is he going to be one of those guys where you invest, 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 time, money, uh, <laughs> taking away someone else's development time, and then just chuck them at the end? And... You know when when I when I see certain guys out there uh, that are kind of I call them tweeners, right? They're just in between. You're not yeah. sure what they are yet, and not that I'll ever compare Lilligren to like Jacob Truba, but there was often times in in Winnipeg I will I would watch Truba and I go like, well, what is he exactly? What is he? What is he going to be? And then New York trades for him, gives him $8 million. I'm shaking my head. And then he just, he finds his place in New York where he is just a a, a second pair kind of shut down guy who hits like a truck. And he is just one of my favorites right now. I got to be honest with you. What is Lilligren? What? Where is he? Where is his upside? Where is he going to find his place? 
to help the Leafs win a Stanley Cup. Where is that yeah. place for Lilligren? I, I that's the part I still don't see. And at times I, I question uh his defensive positioning. At times you can also watch him score a goal like he did, I think, in in uh in the in the playoff run where he's coming in off the blue line and goes high glove. And you just wonder where where this could still lead him on the upside. Yeah. You know, I feel like the bar had gotten so low that, you know, his year this year, everyone was like, oh, Lilligren, okay, you know, like we, we've got a player here. But you're right. The bar isn't can the guy play in the league. It's can he help you win a Stanley Cup. And I think our mm-hmm. expectations on him will shift. I, I also just want to say that, like, sometimes I regret not stating my opinion more clearly. I'm like, God, I knew that guy was a player. I should have, you know, been more confident in that or I didn't believe this guy was going to be whatever. I, you know, Sammy, I'm not. I'm not a big Lilligren guy. I'm just not. I just, I, you know, I watch him play. There's, he's small. He tries to be a little bit physical, but he's not physical. He's a little bit risky on the offensive side of things for like a not huge offensive upside. You know, defensively, he has some mental breakdowns here and there. I, I don't know. I'm just. I'm not a big Lilligren guy, and so I, I'm trying not to be the hater on the young guy who's skilled and all that. But like, it's, it's just he's not to my taste for whatever reason. So. Trying to be decent about it, not a Lilligan guy. So, yeah, where, where does that leave I the agree. blue? Okay, so so uh, where does that leave their blue line still? And do we just assume that Giordano and Lilligan are your sixth, uh, your five six, and that's your third pair? And yes, on paper you're going uh, pretty good price overall to pay. Uh, $2 million for your, your third pair. Good mm-hmm. price. But is that your winning third pair to get to a conference final or a Stanley Cup final? Well, you look at the third pairs who, you know, go deep in the playoffs and Tampa Bay's rolling out, you know, Yan Ruda and Bogosian and, you know, I know Chernak plays a lot of minutes. But, you know, like you look at those guys at the at the bottom end of their roster – you know the bottom bottom guys in the Colorado roster. It's Sammy Gerrard gets hurt, so Jack Johnson gets in. But it's Eric Johnson, and it's I guess Bowen Byram. Uh, Josh Manson is on their third pair, playing 15 minutes a night sometimes. Like it ain't that. So it's not a strength for the Leafs at this point. There's no doubt about it. You cannot look at a Giordano uh, Lilligren third pair and go, "That's a strength." We'd all love Josh Manson over yeah. Lilligren. Well, obviously. He's going to cost yes. so, six million dollars so, okay. a year. So. Okay, so so how about finding a Josh Manson that won't cost you six million? That's that's Kyle Dubas's strength, is it not? He does Labushkin. have a reputation, does he not? Lavushkin, <laughs> what's that? Is, find a find another Josh Manson at uh, yeah at a million and a half. No, my, my boy, the Bush Kipper. I love the Bushkin. Let him run into people out there. All right, maybe Bush will be enough. Let's welcome in now uh, a friend of the show. Guy's been there for all year for us, Jason York, Hockey Night in Canada, Sportsnet. Uh, uh, so much to get into, including uh, the class of '22, uh, Yorkie. But uh, first and foremost, uh, the the strength of your third pair to Stanley Cup championship teams or teams trying to get somewhere. We're just talking a little bit about Lilligren, but. Uh, what are your thoughts on how important uh, that that third pair is to any hockey club? 
I love it, Kipper. Forget the Hall of Fame. We're leading off with the Leafs. Third <laughs> <player>. <laughs> hey, George, look, look, look at my career, man. Look at my career. Hey. This is this is where it starts. We got to go, go where the bread is buttered. Um, just listening to you guys discuss that. So is it Lilligren? Is he going to be the guy in their third pair? Is that what we're talking about here? At 1.4, I, I certainly hope so. Yeah. And, and, and Borny brought up some great points. Like, like let's throw Josh Manson out of the equation. They're not getting anybody like Josh Manson for 1.5. Um, here's the thing with a guy like Bogosian playing in your third pair. And the big difference, if, if, if you want to win the Stanley Cup, yeah, Bogosian's not that fast. He's got hard miles on him. But he has a mental notebook on every single forward in the NHL that he's gained through experience of years in the league. He knows what tendencies are. He knows what guys are going to do one-on-one. That experience is huge come playoff time. Lilligren doesn't have that. So you put him into a playoff series, I I wouldn't be comfortable with it. He doesn't. He just doesn't have that experience. He doesn't. He doesn't know um, certain situations. And I, watching him play too is is he is he a hard guy to play against? Not really. So I wouldn't feel comfortable with him in my third pair. Giordano, absolutely. Uh, for the money you're getting on him, the, the desire he's going to have to want to win a Stanley Cup at this point in his career. I love that guy. He's a great person. He's a warrior. The Lilligren one, eh. Not too comfortable with that one, though. Yorkie, we'll take you away from the the third pair of the Toronto Maple Leafs and get to the bigger fish here. Um, (laughs) On to the Hall of Fame stuff. Uh, You spent some time, five seasons, playing with Daniel Alfredson. Uh, When you saw he was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame, what were your thoughts? Yeah, it's absolutely ecstatic for him. And, and here's the type of guy Daniel Alfredson is. And we're friends, uh, but it's been a long time since we played together. I sent him a note, and, and you'll like this, Kipper. You know, we, we all send messages to guy. You know how quickly he got back to me? And, and I'm sure he had a pretty busy day. He got back to me in 30 seconds. Thanks so much. Hope the family's good. Uh, there's a guy that just, just, he just gets it. And, and, and to me, watching him go in, his hockey career was outstanding, for sure. You look at the numbers, like the Calder, the uh, Olympic gold with Sweden. But for, for me, it's, it's more about the whole package, what, what you're getting with Daniel Alfredson. When you look at the Ottawa Senators since their induction into the league and you think about who is the face of the franchise of the Ottawa Senators, there's no hesitation. It's Daniel Alfredson. He's the guy you think about. And I think that has a lot to do with it. It's just he is synonymous with the Ottawa Senators brand. And I think that really was important um, when the committee got together to think about this. And also, too, living in the community here, guys, uh, mental health has become such a hot topic button. Everyone's talking about it. Uh, it, it, It's all over the place. He was talking about and doing things with the Royal Ottawa Hospital here long before people were even considering dealing with mental health. It was more of a taboo subject to talk about. He was on this a long time ago, guys, and he's just so much, he's done so many good things here in the city to kind of go along with what he's done on the ice. I think that had a lot to do with it, guys, and I'll tell you, uh, he is an outstanding person, great family man, and uh, the other thing, too, I really hope the Senators get this guy back in the fold sooner or later because... 
He is integral to this city, guys. So when you tell me that story that he returned your message in 30 seconds, see, that doesn't necessarily say, uh, you know, as much about him as it does you, Yorkie. (laughs) Exactly. eh? You have. And what a great guy you are. (laughs) <laughs> oh, stop. you know what? You know what I'm talking about, though. Like I do, like, I do. Some people, can... some people big, some people big time. Yeah, and whatever. He's just not that guy. He's just he's a good person. He. Um, I was talking to a couple of my buddies last night. We were on the golf course, and we we're talking about Alfie. And they went down to a Boston game. Oh, back when he was playing, I forget the year it was. And my two buddies, they didn't know him. They were, he was in a bar. I think it was the old Forest Bar guys. Uh, the Forest Bar downtown, and they ran into him. And Alfie found out that these two guys from Ottawa were from Ottawa. He sat down, had a beer with them, spent about an hour. He didn't have to do that. Um, but again, it's the type of guy he is, and now they've got a story that they're sitting there having a, a cold one with Alfie in downtown Boston. It's, it's awesome. Okay, you, you opened up a door for me uh, that I'm going to come right through, and that is Alfredson <laughs> and, his, and his relationship with the Ottawa Senators and it's been noted that, uh, you know, he was not uh, a, a huge fan of Eugene Melnick. And that really has, uh, you know, kept that relationship uh, fairly distant. Uh, as we know, he, he passed away. And uh, it, it, does that reopen up a, a chance? And does a Hall of Fame induction uh, now put way more pressure on, on that organization or the board members or, you know, Pierre Dorian to say, if the, if this guy's in our community and he's right here and he's a Hall of Famer, how do we not have him like 100% fully involved? Well, Kipper, did you see Pierre Dorian's comments yesterday when Alfie got inducted? Yes, right, I did. Right away. Yeah, so so right there, that to me is, is, is step one. But at the end of the day, Pierre Dorian's, would he love to have Albertson back right now? 100%, 100%. Would the people selling tickets right now for the Ottawa Senators in their office love to have him? 100%. If he's back here, uh, if that's announced, you probably sell 5,000 tickets in the first hour. Okay. That, that's how important. That's how important this guy is, Kipper. So, yes. with, with ownership, with ownership, I think time heals all wounds. Um, uh, with with Eugene Dominic, it, it's a sad story. He, he passed so quickly. Uh, um, so, with the daughters now in the forefront. Um, is this team going to get sold in the future? There's all kinds of rumors going on. I think time heals all wounds. I think it's just a matter of, of time before Daniel Opperson is back as, as, as front and center of the face of this franchise, especially to Kipper and Borney. Uh, the, there was an announcement here the other day. The NCC has finally agreed that there's going to be a hockey team downtown at LeBreton Flats. When this happens, I will guarantee you guys, I'm going to throw a guarantee out here, that Alfredson is back as the face of the franchise. Every single group that wants to get in, and, and, and if this team is indeed for sale, they're going to want to have this guy. If, okay. if the team's not sold, the, 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 the current group as well, you've you got to have him. He's got to be part of the brand because he's the face of your brand. It's, it's a no-brainer. But it is. It, it is a no-brainer, but where it, the brains have to start working their ass off is where – where and what role? You think this guy wants to come in and 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 push season tickets and shake hands no, and just kiss no, babies? No, Th- these no. guys now, these Hall of Fame guys, they want to come in and they want 
if not to be uh, a major uh, portion of, of the build or take over the whole damn thing. These guys end up presidents, man, and uh, hockey ops. Yep. And is there a place for that? The only way if I'm Alfredson and I just got inducted and I've got this now new brand new card to play, a Hall of Fame card, I'm going in there and saying, okay, I'll come in. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll learn the business in a few years, but I want I want to know I'm the man in in three or four years. Kind of like the Bauer and Euchre, eh, Kipper? You got that Bauer right now, and you're just ready to hammer it. <laughs> uh, That's right. Uh, I'll, uh, for for I'll tell you one thing about Daniel right now. He still has a family, and, and I think that's part of it. I don't think he's in any rush right now to jump in and, and, and take that kind of role you're talking about. If it, if it indeed was available right now, I think with his kids where they're at, and, and this is just me speaking of, you know, of, of, of what I would do. Just um, it's going to be a, a little bit of, but once he does jump in, I, I see him as a guy wanting to, uh, wanting to come in and, and take a big role um, for sure. Um, just right now, I know he's got a young family and I don't think the timing is, is ideal. Yorkie, uh, a, a number of other players uh, inducted uh, in the similar vein, you know, like the the Sedins here, a couple of Swedish guys, talented players. Uh, you would have spent some time playing against those guys. What are your thoughts on those guys going in the Hall of Fame as, as first ballot guys? Obviously a great honor for a couple of great players. Yeah, they have a great resume, Borny. I, 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 didn't, I didn't realize, too, when I was reading this morning, uh, the hardware, the Art Roths, um, I think it was a Daniel one year that won the uh, that won the MVP voted on by the players. Uh, they've got the numbers for sure. And again, too, when you think of modern day Vancouver Canucks, you get that first. You go back to the early days. You got Stan Smeal, you got Tony Tanti, King Richard, and, and then you go into the next phase of those teams with Trevor Linden. Um, and now, when you think of modern day Canucks, I I, I just think of the Sedins. They got the numbers. They had that one playoff where they went right to the finals. Um, they had some success internationally. I think it's the right call as well. These guys are, uh, as far as today's standard for Hall of Fame goes, I, I think they check all the boxes. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's very fitting. Those guys were tremendous players in the league. They didn't win a Stanley Cup, but there's a lot of guys in, in, in uh, inducted that haven't won a Stanley Cup, and you don't have to win a Stanley Cup to be considered great. Uh, so hey, these guys. When they were on the ice, it, it was like you were playing against a computer program, and, and these guys only knew the algorithm. It's like they had all these little plays. Uh, it was just That's crazy. Great. Like they had, eye, they had eyes in the back of their head, and there was a time, I'm going to say a five- to six-year period, where I don't think there was a better two guys on the down-low cycle. Like they did little plays that nobody else in the league was doing, and you're like, how the hell did they do that? It's like they had eyes in the back of their well, they're twins. I guess they have that twin power, right? They uh, were able to think what each other were doing, and uh, that little stretch, they were uh, they were pretty remarkable players to watch and and tough guys to play against. We've got uh, Mikhail Samuelson, of course, who played with the the Sedins, and uh, one of those guys that uh, found a way to just tag along <laughs> and end up with thirty goals. And there's been a few of them. I think Anson Carter and. Uh, yep. Trent Clad, if I'm not mistaken, had a great run with them as well. But uh, I think that's the ultimate compliment when when you can take someone that uh, maybe not necessarily uh, you'd expect make somebody better performance, make them better, and and that's what they were able to do. But you know, and I totally agree with you, Yorkie, that you, you, greatness doesn't you don't need a Stanley Cup 
prove uh, how how great you were uh, historically in the National Hockey League. But man, uh, I think it was Sammy earlier. Somebody uh, said the first thing that comes out of their his mind was, uh, "Oh, nobody's won a cup out of that group." Um, and I don't think it says anything, you know, less about them, but more about how much people truly value winning that trophy oh, and how it changes the perception and how it changes yeah. the perception of the way people look at you. I think it's more about what the cup means than it does, you know, taking away someone's uh, empowerment. Kipper, I uh, like. We, we all played hockey, you and I and Barney. Every single year, I make a point to watch. If, if I miss a couple of games, I always make sure I watch the finals. Because I love watching, see, I love seeing the cup getting handed out. And I still get chills running up my yeah. spine when I, when I see it get lifted. And I still have that, not, I'm going to say a little, it's, it's, it's not regret, but it's, it's a little bit of disappointment when you see that. Because you're like, man, I wish I could have won one of those. And you just, because that's how we're wired. As, as Canadian guys, we wanted to win the cup, and it's so important to us. Uh, and and that's it's something you you, you I, I I saw a question the other day. It was posed. Uh, I think it was a Matt Sundin uh, question on uh, on Twitter. Somebody had a poll up there, and it said, "Who would you rather have or be as a player, uh, a role player who won the cup or a Hall of Fame career?" I think I would take the role player guys winning the cup because you can't. Having your name on that cup, having that Stanley Cup ring, uh, man, for me, that's most important. If, I, if I saw you the could same. get a chance to, yeah, yeah right, Kipper, and what? And I know you have a cup. Uh, I, and I know, uh, man, you and have I'm the perfect example stuff. of that. I, I am the perfect Great example. example of that. And but uh, but but the, but the, the memories, it's it's the because you win the Hall of Fame, and I know players all say, and I don't want to diminish, diminish by any means going into the Hall of Fame because that is that is a monumental monumental accomplishment but to me it's it's the stories the battles of winning that cup and going on that journey and i'm telling you everything you know because you did it and can you can never take that away from a guy you could never take that 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 bonding that camaraderie and when you see that group of guys you're with and i won an american league championship which was awesome i'll never forget those guys i played with i'll never forget the battles the stories and the parties after and to me that's what winning and the NHL is all about. I, I saw the same question, and if I'm not mistaken, it, it came out of Sportsnet. And the yeah. first thing, the first thing I thought, Yorkie, when I when I read that question, that that was the best and worst question yeah, I've ever I, seen. I know. And it's it's the it's the best question because it, it draws a debate and emotion out of people, and yep. it's the worst question because it's a no brainer. What player? What player, you just, you grow up and you just, you're amongst 20 guys and you just want to win. You just want to feel like a champion. You just want to feel yeah. like you're a part of something. It's not going to, did I lead the team in goals and points? Was I the first team all-star? Did I get an MVP that year? It just comes back to this team feel. And mm -hmm. to watch, you know, and, and to, to make your point, clear that you know that you watch and, and there's always going to be a little part of you that has to watch that final I feel yep. the exact same way that I watch now and it's been 28 years since I won a Stanley Cup in New York 
But the one thing it's done for me in the last 27 years is every time I watch like you watch, and it's, uh, it's, it's appointment television to watch that championship, potential championship game, is no matter where I am, if I'm beside family, my kids, or a stranger that night, I get for the rest of my life to turn around and look at someone and say, I know how that feels. I know exactly what those guys are feeling right now. Yeah, and, awesome. it, awesome. it, and it never leaves you. It never leaves you. You're going to be, you can, you can be 98 and, and still feel the same way. And, and others can <clears throat> obviously be in a position where they go. Um, I, that's the one thing that I, I, I missed out. And that's what makes it so special. Right? Yeah. hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, you know, my, my thoughts on watching, you know, the only difference for these guys that we're talking about today, I feel like Stanley Cups now, there's so many teams, right? 32 teams in the NHL. That means for every guy who has a 10-year NHL career, one out of every three of those 10-year career guys might win a Stanley Cup. Like, it's not, you know, it's, it's hard to win one. For me, a Stanley Cup is an additional thing on the resume, and these guys show it's not an expectation to get in the Hall of Fame anymore. It is something, no. yeah, that we all aspire to, and... Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a great class this year and doesn't take away from them. But you're right, and I agree with you guys that yeah, you take the Stanley Cup over the, over the career. I think given what you set out to do when you're a kid. Yeah, for sure. Yorkie, uh, you you watch Colorado and can Colorado uh, string a few together now, like Tampa Bay? Yeah, well, if if you're gonna if you're gonna throw a dart at the dartboard right now, uh, because you, so many things have to go into place, right, guys? We all know this. You got to have some luck. Uh, you got to be you got to be fairly healthy. At least in this playoffs, the team both teams were banged up. Uh, you got to get goaltending. I think they've got a, probably the best chance of any, uh, especially when you look at coming out of that Western Conference. Their goaltender, their goaltending seems to be good. Their defense is awesome. They've got great horses up front. Great coaching staff. Um, I think they can get back again, but but who knows? <laughs> we'll revisit this when the playoffs start next year and, and see where they are as, as far as all those boxes are checked. Uh, I'm more interested in Tampa, of, of can they get back? And, man, I, I, I look at that team and I look at the Eastern Conference. Man, oh, man, somebody asked me this question yesterday. you think Tampa can get back? And I look at that goaltender in New York right now, guys, Shosturkin. How about, how about the, the performance that guy put on during the playoffs? Like, that was one of the greatest goaltending performances I've seen in a long time. Like, what he did for that team. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he does next year, if he can come back and, and repeat what he did. Because, man, that, that Rangers team, every single series, like, man, they're getting out play. They're going to lose. And, nope, there's Shesterkin again doing his thing. And all of a sudden, uh, they almost make it right to the finals. Uh, what a run that young kid had. That that was uh, uh, like the first uh, or the first couple of games. I think he gave up a hundred. He had hundred and forty shots. It was crazy. Like it, was crazy. It, it, was, it was crazy. It was it was unbelievable. Nuts. It was unbelievable. Yeah, nuts for sure. All right, so, yeah. well, listen. No, like, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say yes. I was just going to just finish the thought on Colorado Kipper. Yeah, I you know throw a dart right now. I, I'm saying sure. I, I I think they've got the best chance any any team that to get back and do what they did again. Well, we really appreciate your time, Yorkie. And forget Daniel Alverson back. Why didn't the Sens just hire you, man? Come on. <laughs> Thank no you. Brainer. You're my agent, Kipper. Thanks, no man. Always, uh, always great to talk to you and Barney, guys. Have a great summer if I don't talk to you guys again. Jason York. Thanks, York. Sports Hockey you. Night in Canada analyst. Uh, all right, we're going to go to break here. But, uh, you know, Colorado, uh, I guess it would 
we'll have to wait and see where they can go with certain uh, free agents. Now, I did hear that uh, ownership and Joe Sackick have made it very clear to the Naz Kadri uh, camp that uh, they want to try to re-sign him. So, yeah, that's that's fascinating, really. How where, are they going to afford that? Where where could they go, and where is it going? And Kadri would be in a position to, to probably take a little less to try to string uh, a few Stanley Cups together here. I mean, play with Makar. Um, McKinnon's got another year at six point three. Rantanen, Landeskog. That's a that's a tight knit group, man. Uh, would he take half a million less? Three quarters of a million less depends on the term, but make no mistake, Colorado do, do not want to see Kadri walk out the door uh, hmm. moving forward. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that story. All right, we'll take a quick break here. Mikhail Samuelson, former NHLer, former Vancouver Canuck, we'll talk Sedins and much more on Real Kipper and Born after the break. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nick Kiprios. JB. Sammy. All right, let's welcome in Mikhail Samuelson, former NHLer, got a chance to... uh, Hang with the Sedins for a few years, turn himself into a 30 goal scorer. My dream was always to play with Messier and Adam Graves or Steve Warmer. It never happened. I begged. Kale, I begged. You didn't have to beg, though, to play with the Sedins. They were smart enough to just do it. How are you? Exactly. I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, just your overall thoughts. Uh, plenty of speculation going up. Where were the Sedins and Daniel Alfredson? And it's just a a Swedish sweep. <laughs> About time. No, I am kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, what I think about that? I'm absolutely grateful for them. Uh, I think I think they deserve it. Uh, obviously, they didn't win. They didn't win the cup, but. Uh, they, they won both Olympics and the, the World Championship, and they 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 kept themselves, they carried themselves as winners. Uh, so in my mind, they're well deserved. How much do you value that international hockey success? You know, winning an Olympic gold compared to what happens in the NHL. Oh, it's two different things. So I value them uh, quite, oh, obviously very high. Uh, yeah. Once. Yeah, obviously you you competing for a country, the one thing, but the same thing. Stanley Cup is uh, I shouldn't say harder, harder to win, but it's a grind, more of a grind than an Olympic is. You 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 come together for two weeks and and yeah, if you put everything into places, all of a sudden maybe you you get yourself a chance to win. And obviously, one country winning uh, every fourth year, though that's the hard part, winning. But it's not playing every year. Mm-hmm. Mikhail, we get to watch the Sedins uh, from afar and and constantly uh, wonder how they're doing things out on the ice. You got a chance yeah. to live it. Uh, what, when you look back at your thirty goal season with them, uh, what what stands out about what they were able to do and what they were able to do for you? 
first of all, a lot of time spent on the ice is in the offensive zone. Uh, that's that's the main thing. And uh, they, if you can sneak around, if you can be smart when you play with them, uh, you don't. It's not like you have to carry the puck all the way up because they do it. Uh, either it's Daniel or Henrik or both of them uh, passing to each other. Like very rarely get I, I got frustrated with them, but uh, like off the ice. But on the ice, sometimes it's like, hey, can I be involved too, please? <laughs> all sudden, but all of a sudden, like, okay, I got an open net or, or something like that. It's like a great opportunity. And that, yeah. You, Sometimes you just scored too, so I like I, I take everything I felt right back. So, but what stands out to me, I know a lot of guys said it before, but they they were very humble. Uh, I think they in the middle of their career they, they figured out the, the the endurance was very important, but they were like very humble. They 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 carry that team in a sense. Uh, uh, they were never cocky at all. Like they never thought they were more than anyone else, not fourth liner or equipment guy or whatever. Like, and that, and they felt also, you felt welcome around them. Me as a Swede. And, uh, and, and I think everybody, I speak to all the teammates, uh, when I say that, so they, they were very involving and kept, uh, kept a good, uh, good team together. You know, the era you know, you played in, the era those guys played in, was a, a more physical era of hockey with a little bit more grabbing and cycle play and, and that style. Do you think that they would, you know, their game is better suited to the high-flying speed of today, or were they actually well-suited to be skilled guys in a grindier era? Uh, that's a good question. I think, I think they played at the right time, actually. I think, uh, obviously, they can handle speed. But uh, some something in some a little bit of a mix between those things. They were very smart, so mm-hmm. they were not the strongest guys and and not the the, the fastest guys either. Uh, so, but they they got the just say they they got the job done with smartness and uh, small small shifty passes uh, to each other most of most of the time uh, made made the job. Very, very easy playing with them and uh, and for the teammates too. When when I played with uh, Brian Leach, people would often think of him uh, when I discussed uh, his play as uh, a smaller type of guy, of a frail guy, just all skilled. And I'm like, no, 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 this guy's built like a, a truck, man. He's he's strong <laughs> and he's way more physical than uh, you're giving him credit for. Uh, and I, 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 I look at the Sedins the same way, um, that I don't, sometimes I don't think that they got enough credit for, for, um, being strong or, or playing a, a grinding type of skill game. Is that fair to say? I think it's, uh, fair to say they were never like everybody could see, like they were never hitting people like left and right, not, not strong like that, but they were very hard to take the puck from. That got themselves uh, positioning-wise. Uh, always yes. they have the body between the opponent and the than the puck. And when you think you got them, like one on one, they they give the puck to the other guy, like to to the brother. So so that way, yes, uh, mentally strong. Yes. Uh, not not really physical strong, but mentally strong. And they were they uh, in that way that you're describing. 
yeah. it became a grinding game. You, you were in the offensive zone. It became a grinding game in the corners. They came out with the, they came out with the puck from the corners, or either either they got into the slot themselves or pass it up to the D. And they like they they always created chances. And they stayed in the offensive zone for a long time. They wear the other other defensemen and the forwards down. <laughs> so. Who's yes. who's bigger name uh, in Sweden, the Sedins or Alfredsson? Who's getting more love if they show up at a, an event in Sweden? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> they, <laughs> I think they they ride up there, both of them. I would say. Yeah. 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 Well, what are your thoughts on Alfredsson and the success he had over his career? Also, okay. oh, uh, oh, a fellow oh. Swede getting the nod. Can, can I go one more on the Twins before we go yeah, to yeah, Daniel? Yeah, yeah absolutely, okay. Kipper, sure. Mikhail, when we think about Daniel yeah. and Hendrick, it's always as one, right? Just the twins. Yeah. But I'm asking you yeah. right now, uh, you only have one of them <laughs> on a line. You cannot have both of them on the line. Who are you taking, Daniel yeah. or Henrik? This is not fair. Well, I have to if, if I have to answer, I can't answer. Oh. <laughs> <Excuse me. laughs> oh, I don't know. I say like this. I was a little bit more of a shooter than a passer, so I take the little bit better passer. Yes. You guys figured out who it was. <laughs> okay, there you go. All right, that's, yeah. uh, that's a fair answer. No question yeah. about that. All right. Uh, you also had a chance to play with uh, JB. You want to pick this up, Daniel Alfredson? Oh, he's on mute. Uh, but uh, yeah. just your thoughts. Uh, yeah, you did I'll... have a chance. You didn't play in the NHL with uh, Alfie uh, in, in I, Ottawa. I did actually but... one, one year. Oh, no, did exactly. you? Sorry. Uh, sorry, not in Ottawa. I played in Detroit yeah. with, uh, with Alfie. Okay, there you go. So you got Detroit, yeah. and then yeah. you've also got the Olympics in 2006, correct? Oh, correct. So correct. Uh, what, start start yeah, your, with the your Olympics. Thoughts. Like, yeah, my thoughts on him, he's... Oh, he's such a professional too. He he was up there with uh, with Forsberg, Sandin, and Lidstrom when I came to the Olympics. He was uh, one of those big big force. And then you had the younger guys with Lundqvist, Sedin, Sederberg, yeah, myself uh, at that time. Uh, and uh, playing with him in in Detroit, uh, he was I uh, was that his last year, I think, and he's still. Steve was very professional. He had he had all the skills, uh, skills assets. So he he surprised a lot of people when he came over to the NHL. He, he that he was that good. Uh, the years he had in Ottawa, I was watching highlights uh, like you do from from the road and the the hotel room. And and Alfie was always in in the mix. And I remember I remember the finals against Anaheim 07 when Ottawa played. Uh, and I, and I loved it when he actually. <laughs> He took a slap shot against Niedermeyer. Uh, it was not even close to the net in the end of one period. And I said, like, <laughs> well done. <laughs> no, no, but, but it was, he, he, he was feisty too. And he had a, he had a winning mentality. Um, and he's, he's, um, uh, he's a great guy as well. Mikhail, we, we certainly appreciate your time uh, in sharing your thoughts on, yeah. uh, on our uh, 2022 class. Uh, really appreciate it and really appreciate uh, coming on the show over the, the course of the season. Uh, thanks for doing that. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much. Mikhail Samuelson, former National Hockey Leaguer and a, a guy that uh, ran shotgun with the Sedins in Vancouver. Great insight. Won a Stanley Cup in Detroit, if I'm not mistaken, right? He was there in 08, 09. I can't remember. 
Did I, I put you on the spot? Yeah, he, he, played, he played okay. for Detroit. He, he played, did. yeah, Detroit. Oh, so he's a bad cop. Yeah, 08, 09, he was. There you go. Yep. Yes. Yes. Um, so he did get one there. One thing about great, Daniel Alfredson. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, one thing <laughs> I remember about Daniel Alfredson, and this is, of course, going back to our Battle of Ontario, is uh, the fake throw of the stick at the then yeah. of the center. Do you remember that? I do. Oh, do you remember Sammy? That? Oh, you mean... One of you mean one of the maddest I've ever been in my entire life? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh, jeez, really? That bothers oh my God. So, boys, so, listen. I know. Listen. I know it's a big day, but I absolutely hate Daniel Alfredson. Okay. Like, I, he is one of my least favorite players in the history of the NHL. I oh, hate I love Alfredson. Really? Hate him, Sammy. Oh, hate him. You're more of a historian than I am. <laughs> jog, jog my memory now. Um, Matt's got a penalty for throwing a stick over the glass, yeah. and yeah. then. And then uh, the following game, D- Daniel mocked it. Or, or yeah, yeah right? with that long, stupid hair he had and that look on his face. <laughs> oh, like listen, I the guy's going to the Hall of Fame. This him. is his day. This is you don't crap all over Daniel him. Alfredson. This, listen, this is a perfect. This is the number one. This is a compliment if you're Daniel Alfredson. I'm a Leaf fan. I grew up in that era. That was like my my big years loving the Leafs was when he was dominating the Leafs, when he was this scary dude. He was a really, really horrible guy to go up against, against your favorite team, against their blood rivals. He was their captain. I couldn't stand him. I'm happy he got in the, in the Hall of Fame. I still can't stand him. I'll say it. I don't care if it's his <laughs> Hockey Hall of Fame day. Still can't stand him. That means a good thing for him because he. I feared him. I feared him, that, but and, yeah, and, can't stand and him. That's- JB, that's healthy, right? Having this great rivalry. Yes. Uh, and are we 100%. close? Are we are we getting there with Batherson and Norris and Sanderson coming now? Is, uh, is this, not is, really. Are we, are we the there? Leafs are really, really good. You know, just you know, it still doesn't seem like they're there. This is the thing with rebuilds. Teams get like four good players, then their fan bases are like, ha ha, and it's like, hey, every team has four good players. You need four good players <laughs> to be competitive. Like, you know, it, it matters what they do now and how they spend. I think I, they're, I I hope think they're a threat there. to be decent. Yeah, but listen, it's going to take a long time for them to catch up to the Leafs in terms of competing during the regular season. Like, we don't want wow. to talk about the, the playoffs or whatever, but, like, Just. it's going to take a while for them to be as dominant as the Leafs have been during the regular season. Just as simple as, okay, if Ottawa's pushing for a playoff spot next year, who's... Who are they replacing? Who's missing? Well, yeah. And that's where that's it gets right. really tough. You know who's going to be better next Boston. year? Buffalo. Mo- yeah, Montreal. Like, all the other teams that were bad are going to be better, too. Like, it's it's tough to get points. Florida's not going to be terrible. Tampa's still Tampa. But, I, I don't know. The division's still – it's tough, is, is my point. Teams are good. It's yes. stacked. Well, and if there is going to be a little bit of a – a regroup in Boston, it's not going to come because uh, the Bergeron's gone or Don Sweeney's gone. He gets a contract extension from the Bruins, so uh, they're going to be right back in the thick of things, are they not? Yeah, I guess. Like the wouldn't Sweeney that be the one team? Interesting to me. Wouldn't 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 that be the one team you go? Okay, are they ready to miss the playoffs now? Finally, yes. And you know what, but, Kipper, they might be. Like Bergeron or Hall gets injured for any year. McAvoy for a little stretch. Don't trust their goaltending entirely. They could have a bad year. Yeah, and then they'll finish with 104 points. 
<laughs> just they're one of those teams that you're just going to keep counting out and then they'll be right there. But not having Marshawn for the first bit is a real – that's a hurt and start to the year for them. Speaking of original six teams, Luke Richardson named Chicago Blackhawk head coach. Uh, your thoughts on that and, and where are they in the next few years? He's earned his chance, just just like uh, you know a lot of guys who paid their dues in the minors. He's had success as an assistant, so happy to see it. Lo- want Chicago to be good. I like when they're good. Uh, sometimes I, when I hear that music in the background, it kind of ticks me off. We've got so much more to say, but we're going to save it for tomorrow because, unfortunately, that's all the time we have on The Real Kipper and Born Show. We are live on Sportsnet 590. And subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Our thanks to Mikhail Samuelson and Jason York. We're back tomorrow. Have a great night, everybody.